Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. I'm Cheryl. My name is Ryan and today we have Amanda Milner. Hey Amanda, we just want to say thank you because I know it's busy over there for you being an assistant principal in a new school year and especially in the midst of this pandemic. How are things over there? They're great. Everything's going really well, actually. So I'm happy to be here. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, I know you've had a lot of accomplishments in your life. Uh, Former Miss Georgia, former Georgia Teacher of the Year. I was telling Ryan, I was like, I think of all her titles, she's probably most you know, happy with just being a mom and being that wife. And you are such a motivation. And to see you and your family, we just want to thank you because you are an inspiration. Seeing you active in church, playing all those roles, like we said, and just being the best mom out there. So we want to know that, tell you that we noticed that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And uh, people at home, they might not know me and your husband's relationship. Your husband and my brother, basically uh, best friends, uh, grew up together and, you know, and just, and knowing you for many years, uh, you've yeah. always been the same person, you know, positive, good energy, um, always good to be around. So uh, we appreciate it. It's not, you know, it's not a gnat, yeah. you know, right, it's, right. it's genuine, just uh, it's always love. So we appreciate Thank that. Thank you. My husband listener. won't let it be, right? <laughs> shut it down. He's like, wait, he tells me that when I come home. He's like, oh, no, leave the principal at, that, that, <laughs> at the school. You're not the principal here. So, yeah. Well, for our listeners that don't know, we kind of just want to get the background story, like kind of how you grew up. Um, were you always in church? Just tell us a little bit more about that. So, yeah, Ryan and I were talking the other day, kind of like about to talk about this. And he was like, wait, wait, don't tell me, you know, don't tell me your story yet. <laughs> I was like, stop, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> I know. So my story is it's interesting because one of the questions y'all sent, y'all sent some questions just to kind of like think about. And one of them was was, you know, what was your first moment with Jesus or something like that? How did, when, where did you find Jesus in your life? I can't remember how it was worded. I thought about it and I really don't know what time it wasn't, which is so interesting. Cause I was trying to think like, when, when did it happen? And it didn't happen. Like my mother was a single parent until I was about eight and she's military. So we always went to the church on base usually. And so the church on base was a Catholic church. So I was brought up Catholic. I had, I was baptized, had my first communion and this beautiful white dress my mama made. And um, when you're eight, kind of like how a lot of other religions or, or denominations will do like a baptism. That's kind of what your first communion is. And then my mother, we lived in Germany as well. And she started going to the church of Latter-day Saints. So we were doing that too. We were going like different churches. And when I moved to Georgia, I was in the end of fifth grade going to middle school. And I noticed that there was the church in every corner. So, and it was very competitive and I wasn't used to people saying, you know, our church is the true church. Come to our church. Don't go to that church. I just wasn't used to that. Cause usually in the military realm, there is just one or two choices and no one's really wrong. You're just going and we're just, and, and I think, like I said before, it's like, a, I don't know, it's, it's a bigger picture. It's, it's a broader holistic view of life. When you're trying to, when you're risking your life, for your country and you're serving a God, I don't think people have time for the judgment. I just don't, I didn't have that growing up. So when I came to Georgia and that's what it was, it was fascinating to me how passionate people were. Um, And then I was questioning like, which one is it? Like, I don't know, like I need to know. So I started buying all these books on religion and I just wanted to study it. I wanted to understand it. And I couldn't quite find out where I fit in the mix in a brick and mortar sense. 
So I went to different churches and enjoyed them, loved the people, but I didn't feel like it was home until I moved to Atlanta as an adult. Because I even did this in college. Friends and I, we would go different college, I mean, different churches in college. Finally, as an adult, um, I was able to go to a church and finally figure out, okay, this is home. And that happened because it was the weirdest thing. I moved to Atlanta and my dad actually said, hey, I have a friend that has a daughter that lives up there and she has, she goes to a church if you want to go with her because I'm looking for somewhere to go. And I never do that. It was like a blind date going to church with this woman I've never met before. And it was at Buckhead Church. And I met her. I went there. I met her. We sat and it was, it changed everything. I like how you said there was, you couldn't find that exact moment and it was always there. And one of the questions that we have is, were there any influential people in your life that kind of led you towards Jesus or was a big part of your life that planted that seed? And it sounded like your mom being a single mom did an awesome Mm -hmm. job keeping you, you know, in church and, you know, growing up in that aspect, do you want to say anything more about her or is there anyone else that helped plant that seed and point you towards Jesus? That's a great question. So yes, my mother is easily like, my mother is literally like the mother Teresa of the 21st century. She, sometimes I would get so frustrated because I always remember people living with us. Um, she'd always give and give and she didn't have money. I mean, she's a single parent. She worked multiple jobs and I used to get so annoyed because I'm like, who needs to live with us now? Like, what is going on? But this was just my mom. Like, she really is that person. And I think her example really modeled for me, you know, what it is to to live like Jesus, what it is to serve. And she would never tell me, you know, I'm doing this because Jesus did this. It was just, she just did. You know, one of my favorite stories is when we went to Walmart. I think I was in middle school, so I knew everything. I was really cool. So we were in, we were in Walmart and I remember we put all the groceries in and we'd go out to the car. And, um, I think I've just told this story before, but there was a bag of Twizzlers in the bottom of the cart and, and she grabs the receipt and she's like looking through it and she's like, we didn't pay for the Twizzlers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like, thank you. Like, that's a gift, right? I appreciate <laughs> so you it. I know we got the Twizzlers, mom, a win for us. And she's like, no, no, we're going back in. So we go back in, literally wait in line all over again, because we can't cut. We wait in line and we get to the lady and she's like, I'm so sorry. I think we accidentally forgot to pay for these. We didn't pay for these. And the lady's even looking at us like, really? Like, lady, we pay for the Twizzlers and we go out in the car. And I was like, seriously, mom, this is so ridiculous. And she's like, Amanda, I'm not going to hell over some Twizzlers. Mm. <laughs> And there it was, you know, it's like my mother literally is that she is the foundation of integrity. She like literally models this. She is the exemplar. So she modeled for me. But I also think what really resonated with me growing up is how many people didn't like how many people I saw that lived in the church that didn't model that. And then it's like, is the whole church like this? Are you just like this? Because, you know, people a lot of times judge us. They judge our whole church by what we do. You know, they'll be like, oh, that's Houston Church. That's who goes there. Well, I was guilty of that too. I would, I would watch friends of mine that were, you know, Christians on Sunday and the rest of the week, they're just regular. And so I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. So I think I went with a lot of just analysis and synthesis of, of what is church and what is it to be a Christian? Cause it's one thing to go and do, but it's another thing to be. And so I think for me, finding Jesus was more of a kind of intrinsic discovery of what I didn't want. And then what my mother had brought me up to kind of be. I love that story. That Twizzler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's some real uh that's character you know and and mm-hmm. i know she built a lot of character in you and um yeah and just you know just teaching you how to be a good person everybody's not meant to be the president mm-hmm. you know you just start at home mm-hmm. just try to be try a good it. mom try to be a good dad uh try to get, mm-hmm. be a good brother or sister um and that's I pretty agree. cool that your mom you know put that in you and that's awesome so what differences has jesus made in your life just growing up like you were saying um and just being an adult what impact has jesus made i think the first thing is i think being very tolerant and accepting of others you know one thing i love about when i read about jesus and just different stories is how he loved the unlovable like he was the one that would go out to the tax collectors or to the prostitutes or the people that have leprosy and when you know, the Pharisees and people would say, you know, what are you doing? You're going to make us unclean. You can't do this. I can just imagine my mind, you know, me dumb, di- me kind of bringing down and dumbing down what this story is. But I can see Jesus looking at him like, what? Like, why wouldn't I love them? Like, why wouldn't I go into their homes? And I love that. I love that ultimately we're asked to love one another, right? That's, that's the main thing. And that's kind of what I live by. And I think that's as, as an educator, um, it's just so natural because how do you not love all your kids, right? Like, how do you not accept them all? And how do you, if you don't really have that in your spirit, how can you truly want the best for them? And how do you want them to succeed when, if you have that judgment, you know, cause we have kids that have parents that, you know, may not uh, live anything like a Christian life or they, and that we might be all they see. And so, I don't know, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, just being loving and tolerant of others. And I'm not, not always the most patient, right? So that's God's still working on me for that. But um, that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, I think as a woman and as a mom, you you tend to worry a lot. You tend to have a lot of fear. Uh, as a human, you have a lot of fear. And I think I have to have a lot of scripture on that, of trying not to be in control all the time and having everything in place. Um, so I think he's taught me a lot of that as well. There's a lot of go-to scriptures I have that are just like, okay, chill out. Like, just just let it be. Because I'm I'm your worst case scenario. I'm kind of like like Scarface or or like the Godfather. Like I always need to like have my escape plan. Like I don't want my back <laughs> to the door. Like I need to see like like I'm ready for war at all times. And so I think God kind of helps me with that too. And I think those are the probably the two big things that on a constant daily basis I find myself you know talking out loud or just just thinking about um, how can I not be fearful? How can I not worry? How can I not have so much control? And how can I show others that I love them so that I can, or just appreciate and tolerate them in a positive way so that I don't know, I can model that for others. I love how you talked about how Jesus, he loved everybody. It didn't matter who they were, what they looked like or what they did. And I think the purpose of this podcast is just to, to be an encouragement for all of those people and just to show people how easy it is to have a relationship with Jesus and how to follow Jesus. And just one more thing that we want to ask you, is there anything you would like to say to your younger self or just a listener out there, just a word of encouragement to kind of motivate them? To my younger self? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Who Ryan knows me, my younger self. <laughs> no, I think, I think appreciate the small moments is important. One of the things I tell my girls, because I am the, the high school small group leader for our ninth grade girls. One of the things I try to tell them is take the moments to see where God is in your life. It's very easy to get consumed with 
the negative and what's going wrong. And it's easiest for us to feel like we're forgotten or that God doesn't see us or why, why is this happening? Like when I see good things happen, I mean, bad things happen to good people. It's so easy to be like, why God, what is happening? But I think we fail to see all the things that God's doing and, and how he's working in our lives. Um, one of the best books is the five people you meet in heaven. Such a good book. Cause it literally illustrates that whole image of all these things that were happening that we had no idea of. And so that's, that's exciting to know when, when we do go to heaven and we sit there and we talk and we're like, man, explain to me what this was and that was. I think it's going to give us so much closure because we're not supposed to have that now. And so I always tell my girls, take a minute. Like we, they, we um, have a journal that I gave them just to write down little things where you saw God. Like, where did you, what are some good things that happened today? And then I, I go to this Bible study with these women that are all retired teachers. So I'm like the youngest thing there and they're amazing. I love it. And one thing we did is we wrote a letter to ourselves of all our worries, right? And so then we sealed it. And a year later, we opened it up. And I had completely forgotten about this letter. So I opened it up. And every single one, it sounds cliche and like a hallmark, but every single one of those prayer requests were answered in some form or fashion. But if I wouldn't have written that letter, I never would have even thought about how God Mm. was working and working and working. So I think we have to appreciate that. Because if we don't, we're going to find more people that have anxiety and depression, and they're just hard on themselves um, if we don't take those moments to say, but here is the good, because we know God works for good in all things, and we, but we have to help ourselves see it. And if we don't mm-hmm. see it, then it's invisible, and all we see is the negative. So that's one thing I definitely think I would tell myself. Oh, yeah. Journaling is definitely something that I have started doing. And just like you mm-hmm. said, you forget those things. Mm-hmm. You're worrying it about it today. And I have to remind myself, just wait, just wait and see what's going to happen. You know, it's all going to be taken care of. So that's awesome that you did that for those girls. So I've known Kellen for years. And um, so how was that being with him during those times of, you know, just building your faith? And because y'all have been together for a while. Um, how was that process? It's kind of it's kind of cool looking back like the stories we have because we have we'll literally have been together for 20 years this December, married for 11 in March and watching kind of our faith journey together because I so I one of my favorite memories of us is we were sitting on the couch at my mom's house and I'm reading I found my like first Bible. It's like this big, you know, and I must have been like four or five it was a real tiny one. And my, it was like a block Bible and has all the stories. So I'm like reading the stories on his, you know, I'm just like laying on his lap, reading him the stories. And he's like, what? And some of the stories, obviously he knew. And some of them he didn't. But once again, I'm more of your academic. Like I love to read. That's all I like to do. I don't really watch, I watch TV, but I'm a reader. <laughs> and, um, Kellen is a reader too, for sure. Like he, but he's reading more of like stocks and, you know, he's not reading like what I'm reading. So I remember him and I having this long discussion about the Bible stories and just our upbringing. And we both have very strong Christian families, but different, right? So they're different families. What's, what's fun is how he has been with me this whole time of, of my, you know, religious exploration of finding, you know, what church is the true church. Cause I was like, I've traveled a bit and he has as well. And I think when you travel abroad and you see different worlds and different, different cultures, um, it really helps you question you're, you're everything because you're asking yourself, you know, why wasn't I born over here in Kenya or why wasn't I born in Mexico? Cause then I would have been Catholic or, or why wasn't I with a different family? You know, sometimes I think things are very circumstantial of how they work out. And if we allow ourselves to close it down to this two dimensional perspective of, but I'm right, like clearly I'm the right one. 
then I think we're negating everything that God wants because he wants us just to love. Just as Jesus said, love, love one another. Like stop trying to put a hierarchy on who's where and what. And this is my personal belief. Um, but just because I almost feel like that's the true challenge. How do we exist with others in a loving way when we feel so arrogant and prideful? I think it's very easy to kind of go to that. And my husband is like the most humble, just the sweetest person. He really is. He makes me much better. And in any of the wards, both of us, he's very successful as well. I mean, he went overseas and played um, professional basketball. And now he referees for D1 basketball. I mean, he's just everything he does, he does well. And I think that humility aspect of us having each other has helped us really find the true balance and the true meaning of everything, which is just, you know, being a good person and, and know that all of this stuff is, 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 I don't know, it's, it's not important when you think about the grand scheme of things. I can't take crowns and trophies with me when I pass away, you know, none of that goes with mm-hmm. me. And when you, and when you do pass away, no one's going to say, man, but did you hear that speech you did? Like no one cares. Right? <laughs> right. They, they think they were, they, they're more about who you are as a person and what you do mm-hmm. and what you stand for. So it's been really awesome us being together because I feel like our foundation of what we believe in um, has helped us grow and to create this family that we have because we're not perfect by any means, but, but we definitely help each other stay grounded in, in our faith and what matters. I feel like you and your husband um, <laughs> are a great model of marriage. I remember one time we were at church and we were sitting behind y'all And I just remember Ryan and I seeing you guys worship together. And it was just an awesome experience to be behind you guys because you could just tell the love that you have for each other. But more importantly, the love you both have for Jesus, it really shines through both of you. What's funny too is like, we're very different. Like I feel like um, people worship differently. People, you, you have to kind of find it your own way. And that's one thing I like about our church is you just do what's comfortable for you. You know, because he's the, the just the music in general isn't necessarily what he's brought up with, right? And I like both. Like when I go to his church mm-hmm. uh, from growing up from his childhood, like I love it. Like I could easily put that in my pocket and take it with me. So it's finding that balance, but but I think it's having that comfort of being able to be you. Because I think in church, a lot of times, like any area, you feel like you know, am I doing it right? Like, I'm, am I right? Like, is it am I praying right? Am I worshiping the right way? And I think it's important for us to make sure, like for our young people, when we volunteer to let them know, like, there is no right, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to find me, you know, falling out and doing all that. Not there's anything wrong with that. Just saying that's just <laughs> not usually how I worship, you know, when I went right, to church, need a fan. Said, right, I don't, I don't, I don't have that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, the Holy spirit has not come to me like that. And it may, <laughs> so it might happen in a minute, but, um, but I think that's why it's so nice to have where we both feel comfortable with our church and, and being able to worship together. Cause I don't, I know friends that they go to different churches or uh, one person will go to church and one doesn't. And I just, uh, that's gotta be hard. I feel like to, to not be on the same page there. Cause if nothing else, we need to have that on the same playing field. Um, if, if possible, because I feel like that's where our parenting stems from. That's where like Kellen and I don't agree on everything, but we have a very, I would say positive relationship. You know, we, we, know how to work through challenges. And, and I think part of it, my parents used to argue a lot. I remember my mom and stepdad arguing all the time and um, Kellen would hear it sometimes. And I would say, we are never doing that. Like we cannot, Mm -hmm. that is too much, you know, and we still, I mean, we'll have disagreements and argue, but it's not like that, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think, um, 
I don't know, you have to have that foundation of what you want for your family. And one thing Andy always says is the best thing you can give your kids is a happy marriage. So we're very intentional with, we always take trips together. And sometimes I feel guilty because I want the kids with us. And he's like, mm, no, they're staying. It's just, it's just <laughs> us. We're not, nope. You know, he's fine. He's like, no, they'll be okay. So, but I think it's important that you always have your marriage first and foremost so that you can model for your kids. Kind of piggybacking off of you, um, you know, from you and Kellen having like two total different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's how God sees us as followers of Jesus. Um, he made all of us different for a reason. Uh, he wants us all to be different because when we come together, it's a beautiful thing. When you have people that are, you know, from one side of the country to the other or the world, Jesus can use us in a different way. And I feel like the ones that are the most broken are a lot of times the ones that did the best work. Like when I think of like Joyce Meyer and her story, um, mm -hmm. you know, she was abused by her father her whole life. And her mother, she said, actually walked in one time and then shut the door and walked out. And she said that, you mm -hmm. know, she had so much hate in her heart, but it wasn't towards her father because she really felt like, you know, maybe this man really did have a sickness, but her mother is the one she had the hard time with, but how broken she was and how that brokenness could have went one of two ways. And she, and she chose a way that was so positive. And, and I feel like instead of her saying, you know, why God, why would you want to work for someone like me? No, one's going to want to listen to me. I'm broken. I'm damaged. What's wrong with me? Um, she took that and realized, you know, God loves us and, and he can't protect us from everything, but he can help us get through it and persevere through it. And so I, one, one of the questions y'all has written me too said, you know, when do I remember Jesus being in my life or when do I remember a moment or something like that? And for me, it was when my mother would be gone because she was, she worked for the fifth mom and she was, I just remember I was always staying with friends. And then when I was uh, eight, I had to go live with family in Wisconsin for a year and said so by myself and my uncle and I didn't get along well because I'm a very strong personality and, and, and he was struggling with alcoholism at that time. So I remember God really working for me then. And I remember talking out loud, like, what is going on? And, and I remember Jesus really being with me and helping me stay positive and surrounding me with those positive people. And I think that's when I really started realizing, okay, I need something greater than what I have because... I'm going to go crazy, right? I need more. And back then we didn't have cell phones and texting, you know, we wrote letters and my mother would call me from this really distorted landline once in a while. But, um, but I think that's when I really realized, you know, I, I need something more than me. I'm not going to be able to make it by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't have enough. And I think sometimes we need people to tell us their stories and it helps us understand that, yeah, we're human. Yeah, we're, we're not perfect, but we're not supposed to be. The whole, God, the whole journey here is to help us um, to serve and be more like him through whatever obstacles we get. And uh, it's encouraging when you hear people's stories and when you hear mm -hmm. their brokenness and how that's turned into such a beautiful thing. And that's the purpose of this podcast is for every story that is shared, it points to the big story, which is the message of the cross. And if you want to know more about how you can follow Jesus or just don't know where to start, uh, we'll have links in the description below. So that way we can make it as easy as possible for you. So. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace.